Listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Just thank God for this privilege. It's truly a privilege to be here, and it's an honor, and it's really a blessing from God. I, I thank God for everybody in here. Everybody's been very warm to me since I've been here from day one, and um, I didn't really know where to go. You know, I was just, I wanted to be sensitive to the Spirit of God, and my brother here, Doug, he said, you got to come to this church. So uh, he brought me over here, and, and I just fell in love with this church, and I've been here ever since. And I just thank God for all, all the teachings that he has allowed me to receive while I've been here. And uh, I take the word of God very seriously. And I know this is truly a man of God. God is pleased over this church who feeds us his word. And, and that's all we need, the word of God. Amen. To change our lives. And uh, when Pastor P had asked me to bring a word, I had to be very careful. I don't try to bring my own word. I had to make sure it was a word God wanted his people to hear. So uh, I just... I just inquired of the Lord that he would give me a word for everybody. And I pray that uh, you, would, you would receive what the Lord is saying. He always, he always said, those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the word of God is saying. And uh, with that said, I want us to turn to the book of John, chapter 1, reading from verse 1. And I'm going to read a few verses from that. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Amen. Uh, this, this is a book written by John the Apostle, and we all know about John. But actually, it's one of the very last books that make up the New Testament canon. And uh, John was was really trying to encourage the saints, amen, and, uh, and what John was doing through the Holy Spirit was having them look unto Jesus again, because in our present day right now, there's so much going on, this, this, uh, the culture is just uh, eating at our faith, we're losing, we're losing our faith, we, we just, we just weak, we just uh, bombarded with all kinds of troubles, afflictions, perplexities in lives, and it's very important that we know who we are and whose we are. Amen. Because uh, everything that God has is in his son, Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus. In the end, there'll be nothing left but what is this? It's in Jesus. So if we are not in Jesus, then we're not going to make it. Amen. And God wants us to look unto his son, Jesus Christ. Because it is as we look unto him that we are transformed into his image. Amen. And God does this by his spirit from glory to glory. Amen. And God is letting us know from the very beginning that he said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. What a lot of people struggle with this, but just down to the basics, 
Jesus is God. Amen. Before anything was, he was or he is. Amen. And everything else proceeded out of him. Amen. And he's saying he was with God and that he was God. And then there was nothing made. He said all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. We really have to think about this. Everything that we see around us was made by Jesus Christ. Everything. And if we come to that realization that everything was made by him, and it was made for him, and it was made through him, then all we need is him. Amen. Whatever we need is in him. He said, God said it pleased him that in him, in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead. It pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. The fullness of God is in his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Everything we need, be it our finances, relationships, whatever, whatever, whatever you could possibly think of, it's in Christ. Amen. And tonight, I want us to look unto Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the beginning. Amen. And he's the perfecter of our faith. Amen. And it is as we look unto him, whatever our desires are, we have to look unto Jesus. Amen. And he can meet every need. Amen. Um, I want us to look at a few more passages of scripture. Let's look at Colossians chapter 1, verses 15. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15. Verse 15 reads, he's talking about Jesus Christ, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he's before all things and by him all things consist. Amen. He said all things is Jesus Christ who holds everything together. Amen. Now, there's a lot of talk about they're trying to take God out of, uh, out of schools and out of that. He is what holds everything together. If we take him out, the whole thing is going to collapse. And we've seen signs of it. You cannot take him out. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. Amen. Jesus is what we need. Amen. And it's, it's he who has held us and has sustained us all these years. Amen. And uh, one thing I like about John, he's the only one that uses the word, um, he said the word, describes Jesus as the word, the word of God. Amen. Now, he, the word there is in the Greek is uh, logos, amen, and it's just, um, logos means word, like everyday language word, and actually the meaning is uh, an audible or visual expression of a thought, amen. Jesus Christ came to express God, amen, because before he came, he had made a lot of appearances in the Old Testament, but he did not come as Jesus, amen, but when he came, he came to express who the Father was, because they had a wrong conception of who he was. And Jesus Christ came that through his life, people will come to know God. Amen. And if, if, we look, if we read the Gospels and we look at how he walked, we realize that he's totally unlike us. He's nothing like us at all. Amen. And, but he wants us to come to be like him. Amen. And uh, the, the, um, the word here said uh, is the image of the invisible God. The word image there means... Um, you know, they have three different meanings for that word. You know, like the, back, back in those days, the image, when the king wrote an edict or passed a new law, he had to put a seal. You know, they melted some wax, and he had to put a seal on his, uh, on his ring 
on it. There was an image on that that he, he, he pressed into that, uh, the wax, amen. And that certified that that letter was from the king or whatever it was was from the king. The other thing was a painting, amen. When somebody wanted to express what something looked like, they made a, they made a painting. They painted a picture of it, amen, or they made a statue, amen. And one thing about those, all those different meanings of, of image is that even if you've never met that individual before, when you looked at that picture, you would know it was who that was expressed, amen? And here, and in the book of Hebrews, he said he's the express image of God. He's the exact copy of God, amen? So when we look onto Jesus, we're looking in the face of God, amen? I remember in, a, in the book of John, one of the disciples was saying, show us the Father, and it suffices us. And Jesus said, uh, have I been with you so long and you don't know I am God? He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. This is all you need. I am it, amen? And uh, a lot of us have to come to that place where we come to accept Jesus Christ as Lord. Amen. We accept him as Lord, but not Lord of our lives. We understand he's Lord, but we have to accept him into our hearts as Lord of our lives. Amen. And surrender to him because everything belongs to him. He rules everything. He holds everything together. Amen. And, and he is the word of God. He comes to express who the father is. Amen. And uh, one thing about the word of God, Jesus Christ is that if you are not saved, you can't really know him. I, ha- I used to have a lot of people come at me and trying to argue with me about the word of God. And I'm always reminded by the passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He said the natural man does not know the things of God. They are foolishness to him. Amen. The word of God is encoded. Amen. Jesus Christ is a mystery. Amen. The only one that can unveil him is the Holy Spirit. Amen. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you cannot know who Jesus Christ is. You can have a lot of intellectual knowledge about who he is, know about the historical figure that he is, but you can never have a relationship with him. That relationship is coming from knowing him personally through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the, uh, one of the offices of the Holy Spirit is to bring glory to Jesus Christ, to unveil him so we can see him for who he really is. And uh, if you haven't been saved, it's very important that you, you get to know Jesus Christ. You accept him as Lord and Savior. Amen. But for you to do that, you have to confess your sin, amen, accept that we've been sinful and that we need a Savior to, to wash away our sins, amen. And what the Holy Spirit does, he comes in, amen. The Holy Spirit does not move on anything unless the blood of Jesus Christ is applied on it, amen. Once you accept and acknowledge the blood of Jesus Christ, what it accomplished on the cross at Calvary, then the Holy Spirit comes in and he takes, he takes the veil of our eyes, then we can begin to behold him, amen, and begin to receive him into our hearts, amen. And then he becomes a part of us. He begins to change our lives to be just like him, amen. And um, um, in um, Psalm 138, verse 2, he said, Thou hast magnified thy word above all of thy name, amen. God, the word, the word, which is Jesus Christ, God has exalted it or his name, or the person above everything else, amen? And uh, we have to give him the preeminence in our lives, amen? He said, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name, amen? And it's as we enter into him, amen, this miracle of regeneration or being saved, amen? God takes us and places us in Christ, amen? Because he said, of him are we in Christ. We cannot get in there on our own. God has to do this miracle. It is the greatest miracle on earth. That God would take sinners like us, 
dead in trespasses and sin, amen, and put us in his son so that God can behold us, amen, God can look upon us. Because before we are born again, God, God hates sin. God detests sin. He loathes sin, amen, and God cannot look upon sin. But once God puts us in his son, he doesn't see us anymore. He sees the blood of Jesus, amen. And he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And whenever we are in him, God finds us pleasing in his sight, amen. And uh, I, want, I want us to look at this um, passage in uh, Matthew chapter 13, amen. And the question is, how are you hearing? You see, he said, God, in Hebrews 1, he said, uh, God was speaking to us through the fathers, amen. But in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son, amen. Now, God is speaking through his son. How are we hearing it? You know, and when I thought about this, I realized sometimes you could be in a conversation with somebody and not really be listening to what they're saying. You know, and we've gotten real good at it where we have all these remarks we make. Oh, okay, yeah, oh, I get it, you know. But really, we're not listening to what is being said. Amen. But God wants us to listen to his son because his son, amen, is the standard for everything that God has created. Amen. And if we listen to his son, then we know the parameters that we can operate in without going beyond our bound, the boundaries God has set for us. God has set certain boundaries for us. The word, the word of God is also a light. It says it's a, it's a light onto our path, amen. And whatever, one thing the light, that light does, it makes you see boundaries around you, amen. If you go beyond the, the scope of the light, you don't know what's beyond it, amen. You're in darkness. But once you are in that light, you can see what is all around you. Somebody was sharing a story with me about being in a cave where it was raining to run into the cave, you know, and they, they didn't really know what was in there. He said, but when the, after the storm or whatever happened, the sun came on. There was a light in there. And when the light came in, they realized there were snakes and all that all around them. They wasn't aware they had all these snakes around them because there was no light. Amen. A lot of us, all of us really, we don't know what's around us unless we have the light of God, which is Jesus Christ. He opens everything up. Amen. He lets us see what is really around us. The enemy has set up snares. All around us, we hear about those stories from Vietnam and Iraq. How they lay, um, they put all those things in, on the ground, where if you walk on it, it just it just blows you up. What we need is Jesus Christ. He is the light. He reveal. He lets us know the traps that the enemy has set for us, so we can navigate around it and not get blown up by the enemy. Because we we hear this all the time. The enemy seeks to kill us. He seeks to destroy us. Amen. He doesn't like us one bit. Amen. So we need Jesus Christ. And in uh, Matthew chapter 13, bear with me. Jesus said something that was very profound. I found it very profound. He was talking about the parables. Amen. And I've, I've always known a parable to be like a, an earthly story with a spiritual truths, something like that. But what Jesus said really blew my mind. It's about the word of God. Amen. And in verse 10. Verse 10 of Matthew chapter 13, it reads, And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto, uh, unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. For whosoever had to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever had not, from him shall be taken away even that he had. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing not, they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. 
And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which said, By hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see and shall not perceive. What he's saying is this, the word, even though he's telling them something, they cannot really receive it. They can only receive it on an intellectual level. Amen. God has hidden his word for his people. God, he said this word is hidden for our glory. It is hidden for our glory. Amen. God, when he speaks his word, the natural man cannot understand what God is saying. Amen. How would it, what kind of sense does it make to give God 10% of your income? What does it mean to be, to, to stay celibate till you are married? The world does not understand that. It takes the spirit of God to let you see the wisdom in it. Amen. It says the wisdom of God, the foolishness of God is wiser than man. Amen. And the weakness of God is stronger than man. Amen. But we, we like to rely on natural wisdom, human wisdom. Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God. Amen. Everything about God is, in, is vested in Christ. This is what we need to hold on to, that we need Jesus in everything we do, to give him the preeminence in everything that we do. Amen. So God wants to unveil or decode whatever he's trying to tell us. Amen. And God speaks to all of us individually. Even as I'm speaking to you right now, God is speaking to all of us a different message through what I'm saying. God is prompting you to do something or whatever. Amen. But we have to be careful how we listen to what God is saying. Amen. And um, in Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4, verse 24. Mark chapter 4, verse 24, he said, And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear, and with what measure you meet it, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that here shall more be given. Amen. What he's saying, we have to be careful how we listen to the word of God. When we come to church, amen, do we come with a desire to hear the word of God? Amen. Our whole attitude towards the word of God determines how much we're going to be fed the word of God. Amen. If you come in here without desiring to hear the word of God, most likely you leave not hearing the word of God. Amen. God only moves on those who are desirous to hear him. Amen. And, and when you come to church, we should come with the intention that I'm going to hear a word from God. Amen. And when you come in, we walk through those doors with that intention in your heart. God is going to honor it. Amen. And God is going to meet you where you at. Amen. Um, there was this story, you know, it says in uh, Numbers chapter 23, 19, he said, God is not man that he should lie. He not the son of man that he should repent. Had he said it, will he not do it? Or had he spoken, shall he not make it good? And when I thought upon the last part, has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Amen. Maybe God has spoken something to you. Amen. And it doesn't look good right now. But he said he's going to make it good. Amen. And we have to take his word for it, that he will make it good. Right now, it might not look good. But if God has spoken, then you have to hold on to that word that God has spoken to you. Amen. He said in due season, amen, that word is going to come to pass. If we faint not, amen, we should not be weary in well-doing. Hold on to the word of God and just, just believe God for what he said. And God is going to bring it to pass. You know, I was, I was reading in Second uh, Kings chapter 6 and 7. God spoke through his, the man of God. There was a great famine in Jerusalem. He had been besieged by the Syrian army. There was no way, there was no food. And it was like Pastor preached about a week ago. People was, mothers were selling their children. They were, there was, no, they was not selling them. They was actually eating their children. Amen. That was how bad it was. And God spoke through a man of God that by the end of that particular day, 
there was going to be food for everybody. God was going to change the situation around. And there was one of these um, big shots who was leaning on, um, on the king, and he laughed at it. He said, he thought, man, come on, even if God opened the windows of heaven, that's not going to happen. And the man of God told him, look, it's, you're going to see it with your eyes, but you're not going to partake of it. And God took four lepers. These guys was outside the gate. They said, well, if we're going in the gate, we're going to be hungry and we're going to die. You know, here's the Syrian army. The least they could do is kill us, so we ain't got nothing to lose. Let us go over there and find out what's going on. So they walked in the camp, and the Syrian army had left, and I mean, they had run away and left everything. Imagine a whole army. They're going to war. They had gold. They had silver. They had food. They had nice clothing. I mean, what would a, a, a soldier, what is he doing with all that stuff? Amen. But God fulfilled his word. Amen. God provided for a whole city, actually a whole nation. God provided through four lepers. Amen. So I don't know what God has spoken to you. A lot of times we try to second guess God and figure out how God is going to, I mean, make, do that miracle or whatever. And I'm, I'm guilty of that. I'm always God, whenever God tells me something like, I'm trying to figure out who he's going to send to bring me whatever it is. You know, we can never second guess God. God is so immense. He's so big. I mean, God, he said his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As the heavens are high above the earth, even so are his ways and his thoughts above ours. So don't even try to second guess God. Just believe him. Amen. And just trust him that once he's spoken, he's going to bring it to pass. Amen. And one last thing I want to share with us is uh, in the book of Genesis, we got to be very careful how we hear in the word of God. This is very important. When God spoke to Adam and Eve, God gave them instructions. Amen. He said, of all the trees in the garden, you can eat it. As a matter of fact, let me go there. Genesis chapter 3, I believe. He said, you can eat everything but that tree in the middle of the garden. Amen. And God's word was, we may eat of the, no, he said, uh, of every tree of the garden that thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. That was God's word. And the enemy came in and was questioning them. Did God really say that? What did God say? And the enemy is constantly questioning us. Has God spoken to us? Are you sure that's what God has said? Amen. And we should be very careful we do not add to the word of God, nor take from the word of God. Amen. What Eve did, God had to show me this. Eve added to the word of God, and that was what made it easy for her to partake of that fruit. Amen. He said, uh, this is what she said. He said, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, if you look at, if you compare both texts, you realize that God did not say, neither shall you touch it. God did not tell her that. Amen. And you can just picture this. Here is Adam and Eve. They're together, by the way. They're together. And here's the serpent talking to them. And he says, God said, you shall not eat of it, nor touch it, lest you die. For her to eat that fruit, or whatever it was, she had to touch it. And when she touched it, she did not die. Well, hey, God must be a liar. But she had added that word. God will only honor his word. If he has not spoken it, he's not going to honor it. Not even for Eve or Adam. Amen. So I want to leave you with this. Make sure you're hearing from the word of God and don't add to the word of God. And he's all that we need. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Let us stand. Amen. And let us pray.
Father God, Lord, we just thank you tonight for your presence here, Lord God. We thank you for your word, Lord God, that you've spoken to us tonight, Lord God. We receive it by faith, Lord. Father God, we ask that you forgive us, Lord God, for just belittling you, Lord God, thinking you are not big enough to meet our needs, Lord. We thank you for the words that you've spoken into our hearts and into our lives, Lord God. You said your word is spirit and it produces life. We need your life in us today, Lord God, to make it through these turbulent times, Lord God. We just thank you for your presence. We lift up this church, this ministry, Lord God, that you have raised up, Father God, to be a light to those around us here, Lord God. I ask that you continue to prosper it, Lord God. Father God, that you will bless it tremendously, Lord God. Father God, let your will be done, Lord God. Let your name be exalted, Father God, through this church, Lord God. Let your son, Jesus Christ, Father God, gain the preeminence that he deserves, Lord God. Father God, you are so worthy to be worshipped, Lord. We worship you this evening, Lord God. We thank you for being so mindful of us, Lord God, for saving our souls, Lord. And those of us who are not saved, Lord, draw us tonight, Lord God, and save us, Lord God. And Father God, that we may partake of your son, Jesus Christ, and be like him, Lord. We bless you tonight, Lord God. We bless your holy name, Lord God. As that you bless your people tonight, as they go forward, Lord God. Let your presence be with us. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated for a few moments. We're going we're gonna to pray for Phil in a minute, just before you go, Phil. I'd just like you to share just really quickly, if you could, just, just what God has laid upon your heart in going home and, and just perhaps the plans, or you may not even know exactly what the totality of it yet is, but just share with the people just your thinking, what, what's brought you to this place and what, what you, you know, what is God has laid on your heart. Um. To start with, I didn't, I didn't know anything about God. I mean, I know about God. I know about Jesus as a historical figure. I didn't need God at the time. I thought I was doing okay until I got in trouble. And I was, when I got in trouble, I was looking at 99 years. And that's what they told me. I had some drugs in my vehicle. Even though I didn't do drugs or sell drugs, I did have those drugs in my vehicle. And that was, that was the punishment for it. And some, some kind of way, God reduced it to 10 years. I mean, 20 years. I had to do 10 years in prison. And, and from the very first week, somebody had introduced me to Christ. And I just accepted him. And, and I just had this strong desire to just know the word of God. And that's all I did. And one of the first things I did was just tear up all my court documents. Because I didn't want to be, I mean, to be distracted with that. Because it's, it's a big distraction in prison where people are trying to get out. And, and that's all they think about. Just going to the courts, but I just destroyed mine. I said, if, I'm going, if God wants me to leave this prison, then he's going to have to do it himself. And while I was in there, you know, God just called me into the ministry, and he laid upon my heart to go back to Ghana to minister to the kids out there, the high school kids. Because I, I don't remember anything about Jesus when I was in high school. And I, I think if, they, if I had known about Jesus, my life might not have ended this way. I mean, went through all that. But he says all things work together for good. So I just have to trust his word. I just thank him that he kept me in there. There were times I could have been killed or, I mean, maimed or whatever. But his hand was on me. He brought me out. And I, I asked him, even though he wanted me to go home, I said, please let me go home and see my mom. My mom had been sick for about, about four years into my incarceration. It was, she was very sick. And God allowed me to go home and be with my mom. I spent six months with her and she passed. And, and I also asked the Lord that he allowed me to stay here for like two years just to make enough money so I, when I go home, I can go home comfortably. 
something like that. And, and he's allowed me the two years, and the time is up. And uh, he has honored his every word he spoke to me, he has honored it. It's now for me to honor my promise to him. And that's by going home and doing what he's asked me to do. And uh, I don't have any, there's nothing set in place, uh, no ministry out there that is saying, come on, be a part of this. I'm just going out by faith because uh, that's the way God has always dealt with me. Just me and him, and uh, he's going to provide. And he's provided through this church, through the encouragement that you all have given to me. And uh, just, just being a part of my life and showing me what love in Christ is all about. And I just want to go out there and share with the people God places in my path. And uh, I just want you to know that I really covet your prayers because uh, I don't know what's out there. You know, and I know that prayer changes a lot. I mean, it might change me more, and uh, make, I'll be able to do God's word, I mean, God's will in, for my life. And uh, so all I ask is that uh, you guys be with me in prayer as I, as I go forward and see God's will. And make sure God's, his son, Jesus Christ, is exalted and glorified above all else. Isn't that awesome? Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. Just before we pray for Phil, I just want to open it up. Is there anyone that would just like to come and say, I'm just moved right now. When he was just sharing, just then about not really knowing what God had called him, but that God had called him, I just felt the Spirit of God just permeating out from this man. I, I really believe that God has got great things in store for Phil. I really do believe that. And I believe, just like Bill said, I believe that we are going to look back and see the honor that we had to have this man in our church and to know this man, a great man. Doug, you want to say something? I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm speechless. So I love Phil. I love him very much. I'm going to miss him. You mentioned that the moment you came through this church that you felt so welcome. I remember the first day you came. And the moment you stepped in this church, you brought a brightness. And this man is just such an, a great encourager. An incredible encourager. And, and not just through his words, but just the way you carry yourself. And just the spirit that's in you is just so encouraging. And it's been months and months ago, but I'll never forget that phone conversation that we had. That you just encouraged me in what I was doing, and we're going to really, really miss you. Anyone else? Lila? Bill, just to see you in, in church every Sunday has been an honor. Not only that, but when we took you on and you started working for us, the light that you shined in that house and in the darkness has been totally awesome. God has blessed you, and by him blessing you, have blessed others. When we, when we had asked you to do things, you always did it with a smile, and you always did it quickly. You worked as though it was unto the Lord, and it was very evident. And for you to touch, the, to not only the people that we work for, but you touch the whole team says a lot about you and your character. And I want you to, I want you to know 
that when I even asked you during devotion times, if I had asked you to pray, you never hesitated. And you were right there honoring God. And the prayers that you said sometimes has touched different employees, and they would come up to me, and they said, I needed that devotion word. I needed that prayer. And you would never have known. And that's why when we have our five-minute stand-up, and I always tell you all, you never know who needs a word. You never know who's watching your action. You never know who's going to watch how you react. But I'm telling you, everything that we required of you, you went beyond, beyond. And I know that when you step back into Africa, it's going to boom because you're shedding a light that has not been shed there. And we are definitely behind you in prayer, and we love you. One thing that I think is really incredible, Bill has asked me to share. Phil not only said, I'm going to go back to my country, he said, I want to go back with something, a tool. And I just really respect someone who does that. Phil's been going to school, and he went to college, and he took classes so he could learn on solar panels and solar systems and and all these kind of things because in Ghana, electricity in certain areas and just different things is restricted and, uh, and, and it's temperamental at best in some locations. And this man looked for a way, not only that he could share the light of Jesus Christ, but he looked that also he could have a tool that could make the difference in someone else's life. And he went to school that he could go back to his country and that he could take what he had learned and the technology and the wisdom and all the knowledge that he's learned, that he could go back and make a difference, not only spiritually, but physically in people's lives. Don't you appreciate that too? I mean, I really do appreciate that. Anyone else got anything they want to share, DJ? I'd just like to thank Phil for his help in Project Outreach. I mean, uh, I mean, all the people we have that, that work with Project Outreach, it's, it's, it's unreal, the, the, the team I have. And without them, I mean, it, it doesn't work. I'm, 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 you know, treading water, basically. That's how I feel without my team. Uh, I, don't, I just I don't know if I've ever met any, anyone like Phil. Uh, he had, he, he's always had just a, a willingness to help. And, I, I mean, I didn't know Phil at first, and Mr. Doug knew him. And, you know, he and Mr. Doug, when they've done a couple of projects and, and, you know, stuff falls through and stuff, you know, projects may fall through that we think is going to happen. And, and he just never gets discouraged. I mean, it's just so uplifting to be around someone like that that just has such a, a spirit of, of, I don't know, it's hard to explain. He's just always upbeat and. And it's such a blessing to be around someone, but I just want to thank him for for his help and, and you know, telling how much it, it means to me to have someone like you help on a in a ministry like Project Outreach or just, you know, be a friend to me and to everyone else around you. Uh, you know, just like anybody else on our team, it's just very, very special to me. And I don't say it a lot, but uh, I, I really appreciate you. I, I said this last night to the men, too, last night. I believe, Phil, this man here is every pastor's dream. When I talk about every pastor's dream, there was a job that I gave Phil. I said to Phil, because he had asked me one day, he said, how's James? He said, I haven't seen him much at church. And I said, well, actually, Phil, James is in hospital. 
And he said, Pastor, do you mind if I go and visit him? I never had to ask him again. When he saw a need, he never stopped. When I went and saw James, he said to me, you know who was here yesterday? He said, Phil. He said he brought some fried chicken in. <laughs> he went in and asked James, are you hungry? And James said, yeah. And he said, you want some fried chicken? And he fed him that fried chicken. But you know what? Phil has always kept a lookout for James. When James is not here on a Sunday, can I tell you, Phil's been out looking for him. And he's found him in hospitals, in clinics and everywhere. And he's been faithful. When he asked me, do you mind, Pastor? And I said, no, I never had to ask him again. He went and continued. Awesome, awesome. You know, when you say, let your light shine, this man's got it shining. His uh, smile. I think I tell him every time I see him. He just shines Jesus. His smile just lights up the world. And I so appreciate that in him because it's all he has to do. And it's like Jesus is going to touch so many people. Airports, you name it, wherever he goes. Because that love of Christ goes just through you. No matter where you go. Christ in you is going to touch other people, you know, and it's going to open the doors you need open because God's going to be right there with you. And I love you. Awesome. You know, Phil, you're more like one of my children. I'm going to miss you so much. He came to Slidell to see me when I was in the hospital. And I think the first time he came to see me, I couldn't even talk. But he left such a joy, such a hope in my heart. You'll always be a part of me. And I'll be praying for you wherever you're at. And I'll always love you. You are a joy. You are a blessing. And I just pray that you will continue to be a joy and a blessing to each and every person you touch. You are light. Thank you for being obedient. Love you. We're going to pray for Phil tonight. I believe what we've done in this house tonight is what we call honor. And it's what the Bible calls honor. That we're to honor those. And the sad thing is, many people wait till people are dead to honor them. So my uncle said, I want to give people their roses now. And I believe that people have given Phil their their roses and honored him tonight. And what I'd like us to do, after we've prayed, please, we're going to take up an offering and we're going to send a love offering with this man. We're going to sow into him. Well, he didn't say, Pastor, what he's going to do. I'm telling you right now, this man is going to do great things. 
And he's going to, I believe, until God really opens that door, you watch, he's going to keep every penny that has been given and invested in him to sow it in. I, I just know how he is. I know his heart. And so we're going to give. If you don't have any money tonight and you've maybe already given the only check you had or whatever, write on an envelope, I owe you, and put on there for Phil. And we'll make sure every penny and more goes to this young man. But what I want us to do is, if we can, can we all gather around him just before you all come? James, make your way up here first so you can get up here because I don't want you to be at the back. I want you to be at the front. Can you do that, James? I want you to be right beside Phil. Can you come right beside him? Can you do something for me? Can you anoint? Let's all stand and gather around if we can. Can you push around as close as you can tonight? We're going to pray for Phil. Come on, let's just all lay our hands. If you can't touch Phil, just touch someone in front that is touching him. And we're just going to pray for him tonight. We're going to send him forth. Because you know, yes, it's great to send him forth with some dollars in his pocket and he needs that. But the greatest blessing that he needs is our prayers, our support, our love. And we're going to be praying for you, Phil. And and we're going to love you. And we're going to support you in everything that we do. And one day, I believe, we'll be sending mission trips over to help you. And if you start working with young people, one of the first to sign up is going to be Dale. (laughs) is that right Dale we're going to pray Lord Jesus God with heavy hearts tonight God heavy in sorrow but yet also heavy with joy God we come before you tonight God we thank you God for giving us the privilege to share in this life to build into this life to speak into this life to share with this life And God, we pray right now, God, as each one of us lays our hands upon Phil, as a church, God, as a body of believers, God, we impart into him. God, we send a part of Heartsease Family Life Church across the other side of the planet. God, we send it, God, across the globe, God. God, into Ghana, God, that Heartsease Family Life Church, a part of our DNA, God, would be planted there, God, and it would grow, and God, that you would use it. God, we pray, God, from the very time that Phil sets his foot, God, on his home soil, that, God, you would give him such direction. God, he would not be six months, a year, two years, kicking his heels, saying, but God, where? But God, immediately, God, you would open up doors and open up opportunities. God, that would be beyond his wildest dreams. God, that you would even give people to fund his ministry, God. That you would cause God, Lord, the unrighteous God, to fund God. You said you've laid up the treasures of the ungodly for the righteous. And we claim that right now. God, be with him. God, help him, God, to be a light. Lord, help him to touch so many lives, God. Lord, may we see and may we hear, God, Lord, of revival that's sweeping through Ghana, God. And may we see, God, a young man, God, Phil, standing up in the middle of it all, God, that you would use him, God, to start such a blaze and such a fire, God, within that place. 
God, we send them forth, God, with your blessing, protection. God, we ask that your angels would be all around him and camp around him, God. Favor and blessing, not because of who he is, but because of whose he is, because he's your child. God, we love him, God, and we thank you for him, God. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp.hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.